the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, we are now a little uh, further into our new year, and we've already seen many new challenges. Challenges with extreme weather, challenges with unfortunate mass shootings, challenges with Natural disasters, earthquakes, where people, 5,000 people were killed, many more hurt, not to mention our struggles with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so many challenges that try to keep us from moving forward. And these challenges tend to also cause us to move backward instead. The way we stay in a forward motion is to every day stay in tune with God and Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of our lives. So tonight we bring you part six in our series entitled, How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. Well, for this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. We know that you're going to be blessed tonight in a mighty way. So we want to encourage you to get uh, up to a table and uh, get your notes and pens and your Bible and get ready to get a spiritual sirloin steak in the Lord. Amen. Uh, we have, as Brother Gary said, we've been doing this powerful series on how to stay in tune with a master tuner. What a title. What a word. And last time I talked about, and this is by way of introduction, last time I talked about how Jesus is our great model to follow. Uh, staying in tune with the master tuner. Jesus was perfectly in tune with his father as the master tuner. And we can look at his example. We can look at what he did and follow that because it tells us in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And Jesus never once got out of tune with the master tuna. He always stayed in alignment and perfect alignment with his father as the master tuna. Now, by way of body of my message, in this message tonight, I want to talk about our relationship with our father as the master tuner. Make a note of that. Uh, I want to talk about our relationship with our father as the master tuner. 
Now we are not the perfect like Jesus, nor are we the Son of God, or God incarnate in the flesh. And we don't have that unique relationship that Jesus had with his father as the master tuner from before time. Jesus was the eternal word of God before time and space in heaven with his father. We know in John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And verse 14 says, the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, we are not called by God to be the Messiah, so that uh, the Father would need to show us all that he was up to, as it says in John 5 and 20. Our steps in life is not the same steps that Jesus made or do when he was on earth for 33 and a half years. Much of what we do today is simply operating in the general framework of God's will for our life through his written word. But also in and through Jesus, we can also be in tune with God. And we can say from Philippians 4 and 13, we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us. Notice the word through. We can do all things through Christ. See, God wants us to operate in the framework of his word. And that's why you got to know the word. You got to know the word, the written word and the living word. Jesus is the living word. The written word is the Bible. Now, an example, there will be times in our lives when we should expect that God wants to lead us, direct us more specifically. And so we need to be listening. Notice the word listening and more discerning that this is what we need to be doing in order to be in tune with the master tuner so that God can accomplish his purpose and his will in and through us. Jesus, before he left this earth, said that he would send us another master tuner. How about that? He'll send us another master tuner, the comforter. Jesus was the first comforter. And then he said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll send you another comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, Jesus talks about our relationship with the Father, the Master Tuna, in two different ways that helps us to understand this. What are those two different ways? Number one, we are given the spirit to lead us. We are given the spirit to lead us. That's number one. How do we know that? In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, quote, and I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter or helper to be with you forever. And he will teach you all things. Jesus also said, in John chapter 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak of himself or of his own authority, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. And he will show or declare you the things that are to come. What a powerful word, close quote. Because of Jesus, who was in complete 
and perfect harmony with the master tuna, we are now given the Holy Spirit to live in us and to lead us and to guide us how to stay in harmony and tune with the master tuna. Because somebody says, well, how do I do that today? Well, Jesus just told you how to do it. When the Holy Spirit is in you and he is empowering you for service and witness bearing, he will lead you, guide you, and teach you all things so that you can stay in tune with the master tuna. That should make you shout tonight. Now listen, we don't have the exact and perfect relationship with the Father that Jesus had, but through him, notice I said through him, we do have a relationship with God and an ongoing relationship with God in and through the Holy Spirit as our master tuner today. You ever thought about that? See, we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit today. We talk a lot about the Father, especially Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is the comforter here today that Jesus left to be with us. And he is the master tuner to tune you up, to tune out of you all that worldly stuff and to tune in you power, tune in you conviction, tune in you discernment and power to do what you can't do on your own. Now, number two, also we can be one. I like that. Also, we can be one with God through Jesus Christ. Now, in John chapter 17, now, how do we become one? In John chapter 17, verse 11, Jesus talked about this. In that great high priestly prayer, Jesus prays to the Father, the master tuner that Christians may be one, even as we are one. Question, how were the Father and Jesus one? Answer, they were one in unity, purpose, and action. Make note of those three points. They were one in unity, purpose, and action. And God is calling upon all of us who claim to be Christians to make that commitment of being and staying one with the master tuna. Now, these are the things that will get you out of tune with the master tuna. It's disunity, makes us not be in tune with the master tuna. Strife and division makes us not be in tune with the master tuna. Sowing discord among the brethren. That's one thing it talks about. That thing, one of the things that God hates, sowing discord among the brethren makes us not be in tune with the master tuna. And there are some people like that in the churches today. They just, not about unity and purpose and all of that good stuff, you know, and, and oneness. They're about just being a divider in the house of God. And uh, some people in the church, uh, they act like they don't have a gift and some of them don't because some of them haven't been saved. But a lot of them have the gift of complaint, just like the children of Israel. I mean, they don't have the gift of being comforted by the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to complaining, complaining about this, complaining about that, all they do is complain. Now, let me say this in conclusion. In John chapter 17, verse 23, 
John 17, 23, speaks to Jesus' role in this. I in them by the Spirit and you, Father, in me, that they may become made perfectly as one. Question, one with who? Answer, John 17 and verse 21 tells us and gives us an answer that they may also be one in us or one with us like the Father and the Son or one. This is not telling, uh, talking about us organizationally one, but rather how each one of us in the entire body of Christ can be one in unity, purpose, and action. Remember, I mentioned those three words, with the master tune of God through Jesus Christ. But of course, when the vertical unity happens, then you can, the horizontal unity and organizational unity will come into place. Once we are all in synchronization with the master tuna, it makes it much easier to us to be in synchronization with each other. So I close on this note with a critical question to all of you who are listening to this message right now. This is the question, and this is the question I generally ask my students too as a professor. What is the number one sign that Jesus taught his disciples that would convince the world and convict the world that we are truly his disciples? Think about that for a moment. And I'm wondering what your answer is. Was your answer this answer? This is the answer. The answer is found in John 17 and verse 23. I in them and that thou in me, that they that they pray be made perfect, that prayer be made perfect in one. And that the world, notice to say, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Jesus is teaching us by the power of the master tuna, the Holy Spirit now with us in John 16, who gives us power, exousia power, dunamis power, to live in love and live not only in love, but that love produces oneness with each one of us. And then the world looks around us and say, wow, what they got, I want to have. See, you know what? It's, I was telling my congregation, I said, when people come to church, don't just sit down in the, the you know, before service start or after service. Don't just sit there like a doorknob. Uh, you know, don't sit there like a dead doorknob. Be personable. Be loving. Fulfill what Jesus just said. Speak to people. Say hello. Tell them that thank you for coming here because first impressions is last impressions. And so, and I remember my wife and I, I told Craig Roberts this when he interviewed me the other day. I said, Craig, the reason why we started the house ministry, the reason why is because we got sick and tired of the hypocrisy that we saw in so many churches. Not all of them are that way. And we, Started off in the house ministry and it grew to a community room, but it was a turnoff. And if it had not been for Walter Martin, I had to do a paper on the Joe Witnesses. I would have joined the Witnesses, but it was because of Walter Martin 
the teaching I got from him, sound doctrine, that I knew that that was the right way to go and not with the cults. But Jehovah's Witnesses were appealing because when I'm in an interracial marriage and they had all different interracial people there and they were loving. And so, but he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says in the church. And Lord, bring us to a place of re confession and repentance in our life right now. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we just want to thank all of you who have always been uh, diligent in praying for this ministry. It is a prayer driven ministry. We, there's no way we could have been on the air as long as we have doing what we're doing without the support of the prayers of the faithful. And so we want to thank you for your faithfulness. And also, we got to thank you for your generosity, for stepping up to the plate time and time again to give to this ministry, to keep it on the air. It's so vital. And we just can't thank you enough Many of you have been longtime listeners, longtime prayers, and longtime givers. And so we thank you so much. There's two ways that you can donate to our ministry. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T I B U R O N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. It's that simple. And you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's so important. And also, we want to remind you that uh, Dr. Buckner is available to come and speak at your church. He's done this in many, many churches throughout the Bay Area and beyond. And every time that congregation is completely and totally blessed. Uh, it's a blessing to the congregation, the staff, and to the community. And it's an excellent opportunity to uh, increase your discipleship programming to have seminars on the essentials of the Christian faith or on the doctrine of the Trinity and much, much more. Dr. Buckner has so many various topics that he can bring to your church that will bless you and encourage your body and equip them uh, to give reasons and answers for their faith, which is really important in this day and age. So if you're interested, and I would encourage you to do so, give Dr. Buckner a call at area code 415 Seven two one one seven seven eight, and have him come to your church. That's area code four one five seven two one one seven seven eight. And uh, Dr. Buckner has us an engagement coming up March seventeenth through the nineteenth at the Refuge Church in Concord, and we'll be giving out more information uh, next week on the details of that. But that's just a quick heads up. 
people are already taking advantage of him and, and bringing them into their church. So we want to encourage you to do so also. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to uh, go to the phone? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, All right. All right. Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, hey, brother Rick how are you doing? I'm good, Rick. I'm blessed. I'm older. older. I got a question for you. That's right. Before you ask the question, uh, we want to let everybody know that today is Brother Rick's birthday. And uh, since uh, Happy birthday to you. There you go. I was waiting for Gary to sing. <laughs> Brother Amen. Rick, you're just getting the feel to be 21 again. <laughs> I wish I was 21. 21. <laughs> that was the last time I dunked a basketball. <laughs> that was the last time oh, you dunked a basketball. Give that. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Well, I, I won't ask you how many candles would go on your on your cake these days because we don't want the fire department to get nervous. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All righty. Well, we trust that you're having a blessed one today, Brother Rick. Uh, and what's on your 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 heart? Okay, here's the question: What would you say that Jesus Christ taught more than anything else, and why? Hmm. Um. Okay. Well, that's a very good question. You know, uh, I've heard people, people <clears throat> say uh, that uh, Jesus taught more on hell than anything else. Uh, and um, really, that is not true. Even though we did uh, teach on hell, um, and then some people say that he taught uh, more on money than anything else. Uh, sometimes I'll, as a professor, uh, sometimes I'll give my students a test on that. I'll say, what was the number one thing that Jesus uh, preached on, taught on more than anything else? And a lot of them will say money. Some of them will say finance, finances and money, and then others will say hell. But the number one thing, and I want to encourage people to make a note of this, uh, and all my students know when I generally say make a note, they know they're going to be tested on that. <clears throat> so they they know that's serious. When Dr. Buckner said make a note, uh, the number one thing that Jesus taught on more so than anything else, Brother Rick, and that was the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, you know, you know, you see throughout Scripture, seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God like a mustard seed, and you know, and he just goes on and on talking about, you know, John three, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, you know. So over and over and over, Jesus taught more on the kingdom of God than any other subject. Now, the question is why? Why? And that's the second part of the question that I test my students. Why? The reason why is because he is a king and he's trying to prepare people for a kingdom, to go to a kingdom. And do you not know that I would say probably, and I don't mean to be pessimistic on this, but listen to me carefully. Everybody listening to me right now, listen to me carefully. 
I would say probably about 80% to 85% of people in churches today is not following Jesus as king. Because to follow him as king is equivalent and synonymous with the word Lord. And you link the kingship with uh, lordship and you link it also with Matthew chapter 7. Because Jesus said in that day, now this is religious folks. These are people that go to church every Sunday. They got their names on the church list, but the names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. They're informed, but not transform a lot of them. And he says that many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not uh, did many wonderful works and cast out many demons? And Jesus said, I will profess to them, I never knew you because you didn't do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, they're talking about religious church folks. That's why he said, broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way. Many are called, few are chosen. You know what? We don't do enough preaching on this kingship, lordship, rulership, ownership, uh, stewardship, all of the ships. Ship yourself into it. And a lot of people are going to be shocked. And they used to sing this old black uh, hymnal song. Everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. You better make sure, my friend, and you hear this message tonight, you got it right with the king of king and lord of lords. He's coming back as king of king, lord of lord. And there's going to be a lot of people in rebellion to him as king. Don't you know this is the number one thing I believe that brought that man to on the cross to Christ? You know, why would he say, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom? You know, he looked up on that cross and saw King Jesus, King of the Jews. He realized he was a king. And if he's a king, he got a kingdom. Holy Spirit, that man knew nothing about the Bible. But the Holy Spirit took him there to the fact that he was a king. I'm going to accept him as king. I'm going to rebuke the other guy, even though he was mocking Jesus too. But later on, he repented. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, this day. Thou shalt be with me in paradise. There's the word kingdom again. The man saying it. The thief on the cross. And so the word kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, Jesus preached on that more so than anything else. And why? Because the, 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 the test of going to heaven is how many people are going to be faithful and loyal to his kingship and you got to be faithful to him to to his lordship and kingship in every area of your life and the big battle for a lot of church folks is money that i mean the bible said the love of money is the root of all evil how many people are really faithfully giving loyal to giving you know loyal to serving him and being obedient to him that's why uh Samuel told Saul, you know, he was religious to up to his teeth. 
He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. A lot of people in church doing a lot of sacrificing, religious sacrificing. And that's why I said about 80, 85. Jesus narrowed people down. There was a lot of people following him. They wanted, they were following him for the wrong reason. We got people like that today. A lot of them wanted to see a miracle. They were following for that. A lot of people following him for to get their food, their stomachs fed. A lot of them were following just to see him debate the Pharisees. And a lot of them were following for the wrong reason. And Jesus, when he started getting extreme on them, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. He narrowed it down to about 12 people. You know, and then later on, 70 joined in. But Jesus didn't have a whole bunch of people. He narrowed it down, my friend. And and in John 6, read that sometime. It says that many of his disciples followed him no more. When I, The book I'm writing on extreme discipleship, and I taught this in classes, extreme discipleship. And Jesus, about 95, 90 between 95 and 98% of his teaching was on extreme discipleship. And he got extreme. And, it's, and it says in John 6, many of his disciples followed him no more because these sayings were hard sayings. Now look at that. Read it. They, they mentioned hard sayings. When Jesus got hard on them, they said, oh, we got to get out of here. You know, we got to get out of here. And then uh, Jesus said to his disciples, are you going to leave, leave us too? Peter said, no, Lord. We're going to be with you. But Jesus literally, you know, hit him right between the eye. This is what you got to do. Be right in, get, to go to the kingdom of God, to go to heaven. And some of you hearing me right now, you better confess Jesus as Lord. Now, you say, well, I accepted him as Savior. Now, do you, do you not know the word Lord is mentioned before Savior? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. John, I mean, Romans 10 and 9 and 10, we reversed it. We talk about saviorhood first. That's what we've been taught. But Lord, when you you got to get right with him as Lord, and then the Savior stuff going to come in. Because you gotta, you got to really come to grips with him as Lord of your life. Be loyal, faithful. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to say this and I'm done. That's one of the reasons why Satan is here as the tempter. Because people say, "What? why is he here? Tempter. God put him here as a tempter. Why? To tempt you and me every day to see if you're going to be loyal and faithful. You know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil put there, God allowed it to see if they were going to be loyal. Why was Jesus tempted? To see if he was going to be loyal. He was. Why are you and I tempted every day? To see if you're going to be loyal, faithful. You know, that's the bottom line to it all. Hopefully, Brother Rick, that helps out. Very much so. Amen. Really got any prayer requests? What's that now? You really start to the bottom line. Amen, brother. You got any prayer requests before we let you go? Keep praying for my health. All right. The health is Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're going to thank the Lord for your birthday as well, Brother Gary. All right. Lord, we just ask, Lord, right now that you touch Brother Rick from the crown of his head to the bottom of his soul, that you bring health and healing, strength and encouragement, Lord God. We pray that you bless him on his birthday with the desires of his heart 
Lord God, that you would continue to move in his life. Lord God, he's such an encouragement. Bless him to continue to encourage as he still does phone counseling here and there and touching lives through those conversations. Use him to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. Again, I want to thank all of you who have been longtime supporters of Contending for the Faith. How did you support us? I'm glad you asked. Through your prayers and through your giving. It is so important and so vital and we can't thank you enough for your generosity and also for your diligence in prayer. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple. You can be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, about ready to get back to our callers? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. I believe we have Sophia, who's been patiently waiting. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Very well. Well, I tell you, I didn't realize what a special day it was. Um... You know, Rick, on this day, when he was born, boy, was there a greater steward of the Lord. I have never, in the hours I've talked to him on the phone, never once have I heard him complain. I have to ask him how he's feeling, or he won't bring it up. His faith never wavers even a tiny bit. He is so positive, and he loves the Lord so much, and he is magnificent steward for God. He'll be greatly rewarded. So happy birthday, Rick. Amen. I know he really appreciates that. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And I want to say quickly, I'll get to my question in half a second, but Dr. Buckner, you know, when I first moved here, I, the Jehovah Witnesses were all over me, and like you, they took me, well, I don't, I don't mean this part, but they took me to East Palo Alto to the Kingdom Hall, and I, like you, I thought, well, they're friendly, they had foreigners like uh, like me, and I was, if, if it hadn't been for contending for the faith, I would have definitely gone with them. But I listened one day, and someone called, and you explained that they were a cult, and it really pulled me right out of, out of their clutches. So, so thank you so much. Now, the question I want to ask, I have no idea what they're talking about, but they talk about the wise uh, virgins and the foolish ones. I don't know who they mean. What, it, what does they mean in the Bible? What does it mean to be wise or foolish? So if you could explain it, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. That's a very good question. Um, in, in this parable, uh, this, our Lord uh, was teaching us about being prepared for his second coming. In the last days, the Lord said, be faithful, praying always, having your lamps trimmed and burning and oil with you, 
that you may be ready uh, at the coming of the bridegroom. So uh, our eternal destiny uh, is determined by uh, us being prepared and ready for his second coming. Uh, the parable of the ten virgins is a wake-up call uh, referring to the urgency of this story, uh, and it cannot be taken lightly. So you have the uh, wise virgins preparing themselves uh, for Jesus coming back, and this parable pointing to him coming back, and the unwise was not properly prepared. And Jesus is really kind of giving us a wake-up call uh, in terms of preparation, because uh, they were the bride's friends. A lot of people don't know that, but they were the bride's friend, and they called bridesmaids of the, of the wedding. And they were to meet the bridegroom and the bride, and they were to light his way when it's dark and to welcome them. And they didn't have, in that day, electricity like we have today, but they had uh, the uh, lights to trim, uh, lanterns to, uh, to trim. The foolish ones assumed the wait would not be long. The wise, uh, there is no, uh, they were prepared, whether it's immediate or future, uh, and and they prepared themselves for the, the, the Savior to come and the Lord to come. So in essence, there are two types of uh, people. Uh, those who are prepared and those who are not prepared. And uh, the, the foolish ones didn't have oil uh, to light their lamps because they foolishly assumed. But the wise one, they did because they prepared themselves and they were able to have everything ready to light up because they're thinking about Jesus being the light of the world. And Oh, this is this is a great uh, story, great parable, and uh, we need to uh, look at this as a wake-up call and not take anything lightly. Gary, you want to add anything to this? Yes, you know, I think it's it's really important to to recognize the importance of that preparation and not to take things for granted and not to be asleep but awake and ready to go. Mm. And also, you know, we as uh, Christians need to prepare ourselves, right? There's the, the issue of discipleship embedded in there because most people aren't ready. They're not prepared. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for, for you, but he's coming back for prepared people. So we have to be ready. We need to prepare ourselves. We should be in God's word. We should be in prayer. We should be in discipleship ministry. We should be in situations where we're learning and growing and prepared for, for Jesus when he comes back, that he would find us doing his will and ready to go, not sleep on the job with, with, without preparation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So hopefully that has helped to, give you some insight. And I just want to say one more thing on that too. There are a lot of people today who is overly preparing. In other words, uh, the only thing on their mind is I can't wait till Jesus comes back. And they just kind of like, it becomes a religious ritual and a legalistic thing with them. So and almost like a 
a God for them that they're just only thing they think about is the second coming. And it's, while it's important for us to do that, we need to have balance in life. So the Bible talks about us, uh, you know, making sure that we are pure, holy, righteous, uh, that when he comes, he'll not come and find us like uh, come when he comes as a thief in the night, he'll come and find us ready. And, 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 and ready means that we're living a righteous, holy, sanctified life. And, you know, when he talks about looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of a great God, he gets into talking about, you know, us living holy, righteous, pure. And the writers in the Bible emphasize that more so than the second coming. So even though the second coming is important for us, the thing that's going to make us ready when he comes is that we're not being hypocrites, is that we're not uh, being double-minded in all our ways, but we're being faithful and loyal. And we're not like the, the unwise virgins because they were foolish. They didn't prepare properly. And there's people today in churches too that's not preparing properly because you know, you, you, you're not going to get into heaven uh, if you are being a hypocrite and you're living in sin as a, as a lifestyle practice. You know, you, you got to repent of that and uh, surrender your life to the Lord and start to live under his lordship in your life. And, and, and so if we're walking in purity and holiness and righteousness and sanctification, it doesn't matter when he comes, we're going to be ready because that's the thing that he's going to be looking for more so than the preparation. These wise versions, they were prepared in many different ways. They had their oil. They were uh, looking for the Savior to come, uh, whether it's day or night. And the foolish ones was just lots of days ago. There's a lot of people like that day. They were just, uh, you know, complacent. They were just... You know, oh, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Everything gonna be okay. Got a lot of people like that today. Can't, can't think like that. Gotta, you know, be controlled by holiness, righteousness, purity, righteousness, sanctification. So hopefully mm -hmm. that helps to answer uh, this parable. Uh, it's a rich chapter. Hopefully, uh, I've said something. Gary had something, but hopefully I've said something to enlighten you more uh, about Matthew chapter twenty-five. Power. And being, oh, and being prepared does not negate the Great Commission either. Right. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Uh, that's still in play. <laughs> you can yeah. be prepared, but you, you still, we're still under that Great Commission. Yeah, that's a good point because <laughs> you, you, in the midst of the preparation, you want to make sure that others are being prepared to go too. So the Great Commission is where we're going out to witness. As a matter of fact, if you read the chapter before that, Matthew chapter 24, um, you'll find that uh, that after Jesus discusses the Olivet Discourse, uh, you know, because I believe it's a dual prophecy. It's not some people like the uh, full preterists and the partial preterists. They put everything uh, around 70 AD and, and the full preterists 
heretical, but the Preterists got issues too, but they put things in the 70 AD range, you know, the destruction of the temple, that was the end of the tribulation period in that. I believe there's a dual prophecy in Matthew 24, talking about what happened in 70 AD with uh, the Titus Emperor. And then uh, what is also uh, going to be futuristic, because he later on in Matthew 24, he talks about, you know, uh, that he'd be coming and the angels and, you know, and that sort of thing. Now, um, so, but in Matthew 24, dovetailing off of what Gary said about the Great Commission, it is interesting that he says that the end will not come until the gospel has been preached across the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. So that when people get into all this uh, second coming and, and they get in, uh, absorbed and absorbed into that, and they get all uh, into that religion of that. No, what the Lord wants us to do is two major things. One is uh, be living right and holy and righteous, and and as Gary said, that we are evangelizing. And I just add to that Matthew twenty-four because that's when the end will come, and we see the the gospel being all over the world now through technology. So it is coming to an end. Uh, Dr. Buckner, you, you have a relative on the line that wants to talk to you. I just want to make you aware oh. of that. Oh, okay. Very good. Hello. Hi, Dad. This is Hi, Erica. how are you doing, Erica? I'm blessed. Thank you for taking my call at such a last minute notice. Um, yes. I just wanted to call in and let you and Mr. Gear. Well, first off, happy birthday to Mr. Uh, Uncle Rick. And um, I don't get a chance to go to church on Sundays, you know, because I have to work. So I just wanted to take a moment to thank you guys for your time um, because you're not being paid for what you do. You're doing this out of the kindness of your heart to help others and people like myself who aren't able to attend church on Sunday. So I thank you for that. And I just uh, wanted to call in this evening and thank y'all and ask you for a uh, family prayer. All right. Well, it's so good to hear from you. And uh, we're going to do that because our time is almost up and it's good to hear your voice. And when they said a family relative, I got real excited there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was going to be Delaney or. <laughs> uh, so it's good to see the mom uh, call. This is our oldest daughter, Erica, and she's a special young lady and we appreciate her from the uttermost to guttermost you can't get any deeper than that all righty brother gary calling all the way from houston so yeah all the way from um, houston texas yeah so i just all right i call in and get a prayer amen you got it so lord we just thank you for erica's call we thank you lord god for the buckner household and we thank you for that legacy that dr buckner and nancy have started and created through you and we pray lord god for Erica, Adia, Sarah, Benjamin, all the grandchildren and the great-grandchild as well. We pray, Lord God, a hedge of protection around them and a wall of fire that enemy cannot penetrate. We pray, Lord God, that you meet every need that's represented in their households, Lord God, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, a financial need, whatever the need, your word says that our God shall supply all of their needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you bless them, that you keep them, and Lord God, that most importantly, that love would, would resound and, and, and move in that household and that your Holy Spirit would move upon their lives all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you again for you guys' time because you don't have to be doing this and you're not getting paid. So I hope that everybody donates and so you can continue to keep doing what you're doing. And I thank my dad for planting that little mustard seed in all of us when we were little. And we never forgot it. We still carry it in our hearts. So, Amen. Oh, All right. That. Appreciate that. We, we love you now. Tell the family hello and, and let them know we're praying for everybody. All right. Well, please keep your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.